All right, so this is an audio supplement to the Robert Saldini chapter, The Mechanics of Persuasion. And I think this is a really interesting way of thinking about healthcare messaging. So Cialdini argues that by guiding preliminary attention strategically, it's possible for a communicator to move recipients into agreement with the message before they even experience it. And sometimes in the field of communication studies, this is referred to as an inoculation strategy. Usually that's done when we're thinking about encountering a counter argument, but it really could work either way. And this is based on uh, a lot of studies about the psychology of persuasion. So the key for uh, Caldini is to focus them initially on concepts that are aligned associatively with the yet-to-be-encountered information. And the example that he uses, I think, is really a smart one. He talks about how a lot of people are aware of health information. So let's say I need to reduce my sodium. But I don't know exactly when I'm in the moment what is a low-sodium choice, what is a medium-sodium choice, and what is a high-sodium choice. And so if I can align my uh, attention strategically to get me to pre-associate certain items when I'm in the grocery store as being high sodium, certain items as being low sodium, that idea of readying me, he calls that being readied. He says, after we attend to a specific concept, those concepts that are closely associated to it enjoy a more privileged moment within our minds. They acquire influence that non-linked concepts simply can't match. And that's sort of what he's talking about. He, he uses several examples, and we'll go through these in turn. But that idea of readying, and then you have an opener concept. So the idea of readying is to link these two concepts, closely associated concepts. We have an opener concept that receives our attention, and then closely associated secondary concepts become more accessible in our consciousness, which greatly improves the chances that we'll attend to or respond the linked concepts. And he says at the same time, concepts that are not linked to the opener concept are suppressed in our consciousness, making them less likely to receive attention and he suggests therefore gain influence. So again, I think of this a lot in terms of dietary information. So if you've ever been on a diet, let's say you're trying to avoid sodium or you're trying to reduce carbohydrates or you're trying to reduce fat or you're trying to limit calories, right? It can be really debilitating thinking about all of those in the moment when you're grocery shopping. And so if you are readied by this to associate certain sets of ingredients as being desirable, and therefore other items will drop to the bottom of the barrel. So when you're going through the grocery store thinking about carbohydrates, for example, you've already studied this, you might associate favorably with things like peppers and cucumbers, and you might disfavor items like yams and potatoes for that reason. All right, so just to review, he talks about being readied. That's when we attend to a specific concept and then concepts that are closely associated with it enjoy a more privileged moment within our mind. They're higher in our cognitive hierarchy. They're more likely to be entered into our conscious stream of thinking about items. And so uh, this process of readying, right, involves an opener concept. And then I'm linking that to other secondary concepts. And I think it's important to note here that he is speaking of this primarily 
primarily in terms of positive associations, but it really works both ways. So that idea of linking, I can either have an opener concept that is positively associated with the secondary concept or negatively associated with the secondary concept. So if I go back to my example about carbohydrates, right? If I study a chart of high carbohydrate items and low carbohydrate items, I'm creating these secondary associations in my mind so that when I go to the grocery store and I look at a yam versus a cucumber, or if I look at a potato versus a red bell pepper, I'm going to uh, automatically recall those associations in my mind. I'm going to prefer the cucumber and the pepper. I'm going to disfavor the idea of the yam or the potato, or I might not even consider them at all. Then he looks at three additional questions. So the first question he asked is, how soon? And for Saldini, remember, this is really a very elementary process of uh, human decision making. He believes in this kind of patterning behavior. So his studies confirm that even infants as young as 18 months can display some aspects of this behavior. He believes it's, it's uh, absolutely fundamental to the way that human beings think. The second question he asks is uh, how far, or in other words, how strong is the connection made? Can any link between two concepts, no matter how tenuous, trigger one of these privileged moments uh, for the second concept after it's been brought to our mind, right? So can any of these uh, associations be durable or be strong, no matter how ridiculous the association? And he says no. Right? I think that's important here. He says that attention to the first concept readies the second for influence in proportion to the degree of association between the two. Right. So uh, if I've strongly linked those items and they are naturally linked, right, they are they are there's a degree of association to them or I have constructed a degree of association with them that's influential, that's strong, then there will be a strong association. But if they're not proportionally linked, right, if they're if they're poorly linked concepts, then the secondary influence is minimal. And then the third question he asks is how manufacturable, right? Can we can we create these connections where they don't previously exist? And I think the example that he gave of Pavlov's dog is excellent, right? The concepts have to be experienced as linked directly in some way, but they do not have to be phenomenologically linked, right? They don't have to be naturally connected. I can create fake connections between things, just like Pavlov did by ringing the bell before he fed his dog treats, to create an association that in that dog was experienced as a directly linked concept, even though that was uh, not actually true in nature. So again, going back to the question of how far, the the, the readiness process links these and, and uh, governs the, the the privilege moment of influence in direct proportion to the degree of association between the two. But if concepts are poorly linked, either poorly linked in experience because we haven't spent enough time manufacturing a link between the two, or poorly linked in fact because they in fact have nothing to do with one another, then the, the secondary influence, that privilege moment, is going to be relatively limited. And I think that's really uh, important. He says the evidence is overwhelming that like Pavlov's dog, we can be susceptible to such strategically fashioned pairings and be just as clueless about our susceptibility. So this works ideally when it not only governs our conscious behavior, but when it becomes an impulse that subconsciously persuades us, right? We don't even think about it consciously. We simply act. And I'm going to talk about that third aspect when we talk about if, when, then plans right after the break.
All right, so let's quickly review. We've got this idea of readying, which is where we attend to a specific concept and then concepts that are closely associated with it enjoy a privileged moment within our minds that can either be a direct conscious privilege or ideally an, a subconscious privilege where we don't even recognize it. So once the opener concept is triggered and receives our attention, closely associated secondary concepts, those could be positively or negatively associated, uh, enjoy these privileged moments with in our consciousness, they become more accessible, which greatly improves the chance that we'll attend to and respond to the linked connection. And also items that are not linked uh, are suppressed in our consciousness. So they kind of fade into the background. And for Caliani, he believes that these are elementary aspects of how humans think and how we behave, how we model decisions. He does point out that the, the connections made, right, the associations made have to be experienced. So if we're manufacturing those connections, we we have to make sure that we've spent enough time linking those concepts so that the subject experiences them as Pavlov's dog experienced it. When the bell rang, the dog knew that food was coming, so it begins salivating whenever the bell rang. Now, I want to talk about how this functions again in the context of health. So he says, well, when we develop things like if when then plans that governs our behavior in these uh, these choice circumstances and many of you may have had something called drug abuse resistance education or the dare program that's an example of exactly this type of thinking it's if when then plans right dare was designed to try and arm people with inoculation messages so that when students encountered peer pressure they would already have built-in strategies to rely upon and they were able to link these associated concepts so because they've been taught about peer pressure pressure to, let's say, begin smoking, whenever that message was conjured, right, they had that privileged moment when they recalled the counter strategies or when those counter strategies took over and governed their persuasive response. So he says these are very useful in health communication situations because while most people understand health guidance, like it's important to improve your cardiovascular health, they fail to recognize opportunities when they present themselves, like take the stairs rather than use the elevator. So by adopting these if-when-then plans, you can drastically increase message obedience. These plans tell us first, register and attend to clues in context. Secondly, take an appropriate action when spurred by these cues. And then finally, uh, um, do things to increase the durability of those connections if they should become weak. So this is the kind of priming prospect that happens beforehand where we're thinking about those um, we're thinking about the, the very, very beginning process where we're readying ourselves. We're going through these, these steps. And he presents the idea. He says this is sort of like hyperlinks in a, uh, a computer document, right? That there are sets of associations that are already preloaded. So we front-loaded this information at the top of our consciousness. We've studied it. These are kind of prefetched ideas. They're preloaded ideas. And then when we encounter this in the real world or in the natural world, we're able to rely upon those preloaded concepts to govern our behavior. And he says these prefetched sources of information have already been put on continuing standby in our consciousness so that only a single reminder, just like a computer click, is required to activate them. And this highlights their potential usefulness in health circumstances. 
And, um, you know, he does talk at the end of the chapter, he talks about kind of going too far. So when this information is too blatant, he uses the example of the product placements on the Seinfeld show that the most blatant placements were actually encountered resistance by the subject. So there is a little bit of deafness in terms of how you think about message design when you're communicating with broad audiences. But I think the most useful aspects of this are self-taught, right? That you can train yourself to make these associations. And again, if I think about diet and health, this is a way of getting through a lot of the clutter in the grocery aisle, right? A lot of products that are actually not healthy for you are designed to try and encourage you to buy them by making fallacious or bogus health appeals. And so if you've already kind of preloaded the information you need to encounter those messages when you see them, you're going to be more likely to respond in the way that you would like to, to promote your own health. All right, that's Calvini's article about persuasion, a really interesting concept and very much based on the social psychology science in the field of communication studies. Mm -hmm.